0: Connect, Connecting people.
1: Good day, everybody, and uh, welcome back to our third episode of The Connect. Um, last time uh, when we were here, we, <laughs> we were very nervous and we've extremely well behaved because we had the president of the WMU, uh, the World Maritime University, visiting us. And we had a very successful recording and uh, one of the best uh, episodes that we've uh, produced so far. But today is a very special broadcast uh, Sihle Hi um,
2: Good afternoon Good afternoon Debeho. Yes um, Hello I, I to don't inter- know why I'm you saying yes int- no. You didn't introduce yourself
1: <laughs> Again Okay uh, Maybe you should introduce me this time <laughs> I'm joking uh, <laughs> My name is Debukho Ramachi I am uh, the co-host of uh, The Connect uh, With my beautiful co-host Sile Mzileni Hello Sile That's,
2: Hello yes. Debukho Hello to everyone um, I'm Sile Mzileni And I'm the co-host of The Connect And it's we we're really happy that you're joining us um, it's, it's quite hot in Malmo today um, mm. But yes, we ready for today's episode.
1: Yes. And we are joined by Technical Director Clement, uh, who is responsible for all things good about this uh, podcast, because without him, there will be no podcast. Uh, hello, Clement, and welcome. Uh, he cannot speak, which is a good thing for Clement. <laughs> 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 and, 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 um, and Clement, you, you have a mic, and if you have something to say during the podcast, you can actually ask uh, Professor. He, Clement is uh, very well versed on issues of seafaring, by the way. Is not only very good with uh, um, speaking and, and, and pressing and things. Yes, and DJing. And then we also were joined by someone special who's becoming quite a regular here at uh, The Connect.
2: Elcidio from Mozambique. Hi, Elsie. Uh,
1: don't wave. People can't see you. Say hello. Hello. Yes, there we go. <laughs> And we have a very special guest uh, that I'm going to introduce properly later, but as I said, Professor Hansa Lagdami from the World Maritime University is here with us because this is a very important podcast uh, that we are recording today in lieu of the Day of the Sea Vera, which uh, is coming up uh, on the 25th of June. Uh, just a little bit about the Day of the Seafarer. The International Day of the Seafarer is an annual observance that takes place on the twenty on the June the twenty fifth. It was dis- designated by the International Maritime Organization and was first celebrated in twenty eleven. The day acknowledges the invaluable contributions and sacrifices made by seafarers in ensuring that the global flow of goods and in contributing to international trade and the world economy. Each year, the day has had a a theme focused on relevant issues facing seafarers such as welfare, safety and equality.
2: Just a bit of facts and figures about the seafarers. Um, As of my last knowledge, in 2021 in September, there was approximately 1.7 million seafarers worldwide. I'm sure that number has changed by now. Um, Seafarers are responsible for transporting around 90% of the world's goods and a considerable number of seafarers come from developing countries with the Philippines being one of the largest suppliers of seafarers. Many seafarers face challenging working conditions such as long contracts, extended time away from family, mental health issues due to isolation And, and you know piracy and maritime security have been a significant concern. And we also had the issue of COVID-19.
0: The Connect. Connecting people.
1: Um, and ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by um, Professor Hansa Lakdami. Uh, Before I ask her to say hello to you, I just need to say that Professor Lagdami is uh, my professor. Mm, Here
2: it goes again. (laughs)
0: MLP.
1: uh, MLP is, is a specialization at the World Maritime University Maritime Law and Policy. And we've just spent the past month and a half, I think, with Professor Lakdami talking about different issues, particularly about seafarers. Uh, we've had a very uh, forensic look at uh, the Maritime Labor Convention. Um, that's where Clement excelled last week, by the way. He needs to tell us something about <laughs> it. He did so well. Yeah. Professor Lakdami, welcome, welcome, and thank you so much for agreeing to come to the to the Connect.
3: Thank you very much, Tebejo and thank you all for, for inviting me. Yes. I'm so privileged to be with you today.
1: You know, um, when we met you first, time. We were very scared last year. There was a... When, you know when you come to WMU and then you get introduced to the professors. We went to room 139 yeah. and everybody was there. and uh, uh, Professor Henning, everyone. And then then there was this lady uh, there. And then when she spoke then she was saying uh, where she's from. Um, she told us a little bit about you. Very, very impressed. And I was wondering where when are we going to you know uh, have a lecture with professor lagdami we had to wait until the end of the <laughs> save
2: the best the event, for last and
1: i wanted to say were saving <laughs> the best for last could you tell us a little bit about your journey uh, as an academic maybe from morocco first
2: yeah
3: well anyway thank you very much for the introduction and for inviting me it means that uh, really i i reached my goal with yeah. this uh, <laughs> lecture in uh, the last uh, few weeks so i'm moroccan uh, uh, well, I've done uh, my primary study in Morocco, and then at 17 years I moved to, to France. So I did the, I mean, part of my, my studies in France. Uh, I got my PhD in maritime law from Nantes University, which is a very traditional, let's say, maritime university. And then, uh, after that, I did a postdoc here at the World Maritime University in 2015.
1: Ah. An and alumni? Oh. Yes.
3: yes. Well, no, postdoc, <laughs> well, I, 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 oh, no. I worked as a researcher, right? Oh, okay. Okay. oh you worked, okay. you worked, Yeah, yes. I worked as a researcher, and then I went back to France again for uh, my bar school, and then, um, I, I just, when I, my time, when I no. when I did, the when I worked for this uh, year, one year, contract I really enjoyed my time here at yeah. the at the World Maritime University. I I really thought that wow, it's a unique university. People coming really, really from
1: yeah.
3: the world. Uh, I mean, the students, even the staff member, the mm. faculty. It was really a, a very amazing experience for me. And then I went back to France. And then when I've seen uh, the first uh, you know opportunity to come back,
1: yeah. wow,
3: I I came you back for it. another uh, another uh, yeah uh, <laughs>
1: position exactly. <laughs> And and Cisle, I know you have, Cisle is a very studious person because she's a researcher like you, I think. So she's got research questions ready to fire them. But I think just before we get there, Cisle, um, there's something very interesting that I, not, not yeah, exciting. It says that you are also the ITFC first seafarers trust chair i think that's very important can you tell us a little bit about that absolutely. before we get into the whole stuff
3: absolutely well um uh, as as you know now my position is assistant professor yes. maritime labor law and and policy and uh as I've been working a lot the last uh, few years about uh, matters related to seafarers, mm-hmm. there will be the impact of new technologies uh, on their future, future of work, and I think we will come uh, up, I'm pretty sure, to it. So um, actually, I started to work on a project called WMU ITF Transport 2040. Mm-hmm. And this project basically is sponsored by ITF, the International Transport uh, Workers Federation. And as a result of all my work with them and the the great results that I got, of course, uh, together with other colleagues, I got the opportunity to to get the chair uh, from them. So basically they
2: are kind of sponsoring my position at the university. Thank you Professor um, For someone sitting at home I just want you to just elaborate on what is the ITF and what they actually do we know it's the International Transport Federation but what purpose does it serve
3: Well it's the unions it's the unions that they are defending the rights of workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, we have been uh, mostly working with the maritime section, okay. which is basically all of their work It's about to defend the rights of seafarers in mm-hmm. differ- different matters. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only the, their uh, will, uh, you know, fair, but uh, also in terms of their contract, in terms, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, uh, of agreement with, yes. with countries mm-hmm. and etc. So okay. it's th- basically the, the unions.
1: And maybe just not to lose the, the the thread here, because she just spoke about the the transport the, the transport, uh, the transport fort, what is it called again? The transport, transport 2040. 2040. The future <laughs> of work. The future of work. And then there's a question that we wanted to ask later about how technology uh, is affecting seafarers, and I think this uh, this is what the, the I think this is the basis of what would happen, or, or the study about that. Can you just maybe take us through? About uh, what this uh, what the future looks like based yeah. on this report.
3: Absolutely. Uh, well, basically, this project because all of all of the work about yeah. the future of work <laughs> yes. at WMU, it started by this this project. Yeah. Okay, we started in 2017. Uh, we had a great team. Uh, now we are in the second phase of mm. the project, but uh, we worked um, on the first. Uh, phase of the projects, I think, around uh, four or five years. Mm. Uh, so basically, we, pro- we produce uh, flagship uh, reports, and yeah. I think uh, maybe you have seen it. Yes. Uh, and uh, plus uh, four uh, case studies, four mm. reports um, based on experiences of, of countries. Yes,
1: the country uh, profiles. Ag- Very exciting. I went straight to the South African country profile. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> country profile. Actually, I, I'm the one who developed this, uh, this uh, chapter. Ah, you know? okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, so we, we did uh, really a tremendous uh, research mm. in terms of how technology might affect CIFAREN. Uh, mm. Uh, jobs and the the first phase of the project was basically focused on to see if the seafaring work will change in terms of uh, of number, if we will basically need, still need seafarers uh, in in the future yeah. when we are talking about autonomous ships mm-hmm. and mass and um when we started the projects it was at the beginning of the discussions about mass yeah. so it was really something that uh, people were looking forward to 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 see to see you know, the the results mm-hmm. so the the among of the good results yeah. <laughs> that we find and that's uh, that satisfied me very much is that we will we will still need seafarers in yes. the future So all this fare and, you know, about the predictions of the future, how the future will be for seafarers. The the good thing is that we will still need seafarers, but of course with different profiles, Mm. different trainings, different skills. The second phase of the project, which is we are working now and that we will uh, launch uh, very soon, it's about what are the skills of the future? What are the training that we will need? In addition, we developed one part about occupational health and safety mm-hmm. because you know that uh, technology might come with the, with the, with the um, results different or challenges. different challenges mm-hmm. as yeah. well to seafarers and it might affect their uh, well-being, stress, which, mm-hmm. which we don't th- really think all the time about mm-hmm. it
1: directly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, okay.
1: yeah. But I think, uh, you want to you you. I, I wanted to okay. jump
2: in. I read some way. I have no citation, I'm so sorry. But I read that um, seafarers see the prospect of outcomes of um, autonomous ships as an opportunity to solve a number of problems in commercial shipping, but warn that crew expertise is central to decision-making in a time of technological change. Mm -hmm. So how can we reassure our seafarers
3: Well, actually, you know, when we are talking about the the future, we're still talking about predictions, right? Mm. Okay. Of course, our research were based on really uh, real data. We took them from uh, from, uh, UN agencies, uh, including the ILO. We did interviews with people, but it's still, it's still, the future, it's, it's mm. all about predictions yes. so no one knows really how it will be mm. what it is sure is that from our research and the, uh, uh, that we have done is that all the countries will not be at the same level this mm-hmm. is for sure mm. all the regions will not be at the same level so maybe we will see some really changes in um, in some regions maybe here for instance mm. if I, I if i talk about uh, the nordic uh, Uh, Countries, maybe in some some uh, you know uh, countries in Asia, but it will not be a a global um, change. Mm. And uh, one of the of the outcomes that we we uh, conclude actually about uh, our research with is that the changes will be evolutionary, rather than revolutionary. It will not. yeah. So, so no,
1: sorry, I just wanted to go in there because like seafarers, like you said, are very scared. So I think um, when you, as you continue with this point, um, it's not going to be like from tomorrow. We don't want seafarers. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe some people, when they maybe they talk to seafarers, they scare them like that to say, like, you know, in five years, we won't need your skill. Um,
3: yeah, I think it depends also from which angle you are seeing the mm-hmm. thing. I think if you will talk to a technology developer, yeah. he will say to you, which is uh, true. I mean, the technology is here. Huh? Let's face mm-hmm. it. We will not say that's yeah, the technology we, we have seen. There is the example of Yara and there mm-hmm. is a lot of examples now in in other countries uh, specifically in in Asia and maybe few few weeks ago I think even yeah. India launched a hydrogen uh, you know yes. autonomous uh, ship I mean small one but but it's I believe that it depends from which angle you see I think for general. the ones that they are defending seafarers right <laughs> I think uh, and I'm I'm one of them uh okay i'm okay with technologies this is i mean technology is everywhere in it's our unavoidable na, na, uh, you know life but, um, but it's good also to think about seafarers that this is their 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 life mm-hmm. the, you know their life is dependent on this those jobs and mm-hmm. there is families behind etc etc so it's good to um to make them um, uh like ready yes. even for this change I think we have seen yeah. that in in class that <laughs> changes changes are are uh, are present and in mm. a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, new built ships mm. there yes. is high technology, yes. but we have to make seafarers ready for the change and also to train
2: them to
1: skills to
2: to give them the right skills
1: mm-hmm. etc. Um,
2: you're, you're good? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of challenges, okay, technology we can't run away from, but I wanted to speak more about the traditional challenges that I mentioned earlier mm. on. Um, you know, long contracts, extended time mm. from family. I just, I mean, we probably have um, omitted some of the challenges. Could you discuss more about the challenges that are facing, um, that seafarers are faced with?
3: Well, I, I think the most the most relevant and the most concrete um, challenges that seafarers have known very mm-hmm. recently it's mm. the COVID-19 yes. I mean we can discuss about all the challenges that Seafers have been faced um, to before mm-hmm. but the COVID it was like just a point that I mean the industry should say enough it's enough mm-hmm. because a lot of seafarers, they have been like just, you know, uh, was
1: thrown to the side. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. It was like the, the forgotten ones and the entire uh, mm-hmm. process while we have been here uh, having, you know, trying to make ourselves uh, comfortable, mm-hmm. buying things. Yes. Uh, so we forgot that all the, the goods that we have, it's because of them. Mm-hmm so i think uh, i think of course the health and well-being of seafarers uh, they they got a lot of pressure Mm. without Mm. talking about this short very short contract Mm. contract without uh, talking about the differences between wages Mm. Mm.
1: Uh,
3: social security as well it's a huge problem i've I've made it my passion
1: project from now on on. yes (laughs) yes yes
3: i think it needs a lot of uh, uh research but it's yeah. also a lot of um you know to raise awareness, awareness about yeah. it okay. really really i think there is a lot of you know studies and research mm. around that but um, and i mean stakeholders and uh, you know and the ship owners they are aware of that yes, yeah. yes, yes. the things is how to make the, the difference how to make really the changes so this uh, those are the challenges that I think seafarers, they are really um, facing now. But maybe we will talk also about the, te- the challenges of the technology itself. itself okay. Yes.
1: And, and, uh, sorry, yes. Question, uh,
2: sorry, sorry, sorry So you mentioned COVID-19. I just want to jump in and ask, so what lessons have been learned to prepare for future global crises?
3: I think I think the COVID-19 has shed the light about uh, the conditions of seafarers. This is the first thing. I think uh, now, as we are wor- talking a lot about occupational mm. health and safety, well, I think it wasn't present. A yeah. few years ago, we have been really focusing on mass, what mass will bring, how will it, affect how it affect will affect yeah. them, how it will change, <laughs> but no one was really... Uh, focusing about uh, you know their welfare, and, and I'm not saying that there is nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty you know there is a lot of research and organizations, and uh, you know ITF Seafarers Trust have been really working on the well-being of seafarers mm-hmm. as well. But I think the COVID has um, has bring out to all stakeholders in the industry that there is a problem, and that if this it will happen again or something similar will happen again mm-hmm. so what we what we will do to protect seafarers, mm-hmm. right i'm not sure if they <laughs> if the you know the community found out uh, a real solutions and practical solutions but at least now you know, the, the, the community is aware. There's
1: a little bit more awareness, I like yeah. it. I mean, like if you look at, um, I'm going to, um, I, my sample size is very small, it's my colleagues in class. And I think more than 50% of the colleagues in class looked at uh, Seafarer Wellness. Particularly mental health. Mm. Uh, when we did the assignment, that we I'm not asking for extra credit <laughs> for, <prof>, but, <laughs> but 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 most colleagues looked at that, and I think it shows you just how people are aware that uh, the problems that seafarers face, particularly uh, post COVID 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 um, nineteen. You speaking, wanna yes, speaking go.
2: about well being? <coughs> I know you're part of a project on maritime welfare, which um, seeks to address issues and topics related to seafarers' welfare and mental health, and I hope um, also addressing security. Can you just um, talk more about that maritime welfare program?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, um, exactly, it's a program it uh, It was done with itF seafars Trust, so okay. they are again the ones that they are sponsoring this program and by the way, i mean uh, itf itF seafars trust they are among the the ones they the big mm-hmm. uh, donors to WMU. so this is why we have a lot of um, a lot of programs and projects with them, and the most uh, most of them they are related to Seafarers. but anyway, the program is about um, a lot of topics related to seafarers, mm-hmm. among of them the welfare, <laughs> but also there is um, one one part about the application of the MLC 2006. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So uh, a large uh, a large part of this project is about MLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, and it's good to link it with the, with the, your last question yeah. after the COVID nineteen we have seen that there is a lot of things to update on this program Mm -hmm. so actually we are now in the process to review all of our uh, modules and mm-hmm. we, what we are delivering to to really update it to the issues and the challenges that seafarers they are facing now after Currently, the COVID yeah. na- mm-hmm. nineteen. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's for all seafarers, all for uh, maritime professionals that they are really uh, willing to to learn more about uh, about the issues related to to seafarers and also the. Uh, regulation Mm -hmm. related to seafarers, among of them, you know, as I said, uh, the MLC, with all, you know, the the topics
1: related to it. We something special is about to happen. Clement has switched on his microphone, <laughs> so and, and this is the first time <laughs> oh, wow. in the history of in the short history. Oh, please, in the history of the connect that Clement is saying something.
0: Clement, <laughs> please go ahead. It's my ask, dear um, students, <laughs> like I all to, of you. Yeah, I want to ask my professor a question, and my question is um centered on mass, um, you, you know, the automation process. I know it's a capital intensive um, um, process. So my question is um, for countries that are um, financially disadvantaged, how do you think they will be able to cope with the pressure of the automation process in terms of um, implementation?
3: Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Clement, <coughs> for for this question. and. Uh, to be honest, one of, of um, you know of the the big out, uh, outcomes of, of uh, our research uh, regarding automation and digitalization in the maritime sector. It was about how to reduce the gap between countries. Let's say the leading countries, okay. Yeah. Let's say the leading countries and the ones that they are a little bit behind, okay. Um, what we have seen after the COVID, yeah. uh, be, well, well let's, let's say, before the COVID, it was um, a big gap in yes. terms of regulation, in terms of uh, investment in technology. Mm. The COVID came and um, it changed everything mm. because we, we find ourselves that we are linked to, to technology. So even the countries that they had no intention or even they weren't really thinking about the technology.
1: They were sort of like forced. Forced. Like years absolutely. Just okay. accelerated.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying that. It's, I will not say that all countries now they are investing in technology mm. or they are investing in innovation or they are investing in research related to that. Mm. But it gives the idea that they have to do also something mm. to do not still behind because this is how it is. We should do. I've been recently involved also in another project which is not yeah. related to that. Um, w- um uh, this project called Wakeups it's mm-hmm. about maritime security and ports in Africa. Mm-hmm. And to be honest I was impressed by a lot of African uh, uh, ports oh, sure. that they are really investing in technology mm-hmm. and uh, you know in, in it, automation most uh, in automation in in ports because there is competition as well mm-hmm. so we have to think about that there is a lot of um, around the world huh? mm. uh, i talk about africa because this is where i work mostly yeah. but i know that in a lot of parts of the world there is competitions between ports yeah. and when we talk about ports we talk about the economy of the country because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. right it's it helps to enter you know, products, etc., yeah. or ships pass by the port, so it's 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 it helps to, to bring uh, incomes to the countries. So there is a lot of competitions of port to be the hubs, yes. you know, around the world, which really is helping. Um, I will say the wave yeah. of the change. It's not doesn't say that there is no 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 <laughs> no big or large uh, gap it's still but 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 it's exactly things are moving okay the only thing that we have in the middle of all of that Mm -hmm. in the middle of all the investment that we are investing in infrastructure Mm -hmm. we have to invest also on people
1: I was about to say capacity building is (laughs) this is where uh, institutions like the World Maritime University come in yeah, uh, to make sure that we've got enough trained professionals to be able to help countries adapt to this kind of, 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 of technology and, and things that are happening.
3: Absolutely, yeah. because there is a lot of investments in fras- infrastructures, but where is the the right mm-hmm. personnel? Right well trained yeah. well trained yes. train to, to
2: even to to deal with all the changes
3: exactly.
1: Sea, you can bring us back.
2: Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, speaking of people, professor. So, what initiatives or programs that are um, that are currently being implemented to improve the working conditions of seafarers? Like. Uh, and
3: sorry, I think maybe this is
1: where we can talk about the, the report that you are going to launch mm, very soon mm. if you are allowed to talk about it yeah, because yeah, yeah, I know yeah, that you are launching it on Monday
3: in Manila Manila, yes, exactly no, 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 of course, I will be very happy to yes, talk about this it, <laughs> because it's uh, it's our recent baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from all the, the you know, this uh, this research that we have been doing well, as I said, it's like the last, uh, the, the, the second phase mm. so we are coming with the with a list of the new skills that we will need in the future in the maritime, uh, the the new trainings. uh, (coughs) Some colleagues, they have been even working on a roadmap of the technology Mm -hmm. and show how uh, from now to 24, how really the maritime sector will be in terms of technology, Mm -hmm. how ships will be. Uh, and uh, one of of uh, of the results is that we will still have conventional ships that mm. they are not high tech yeah. we will have some that they are high tech and well, we, we have them already, we already have them and then some that they are really you know autonomous etc but anyway I think I think the roadmap uh, technology is a very very good outcome also from the project but then my part yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the exciting part yeah,
3: exciting
1: part
2: <laughs>
3: so um, uh, actually I worked on uh, on country reports mm. And country profiles, it's yes. just a continuation of what we have been doing. So yes. we assess other countries' readiness uh, in terms of the application of mm-hmm. technology in maritime. But I worked mostly in country reports, which are some reports about how technology will affect the occupational safety and health of seafarers. Yeah, and I have one about techno stress at, at sea, which is how seafarers can be stressed with dealing with all of this Mm. technology now currently not in the future and i've been uh, sailing with some seafarers with a with a danish uh, flagship very very newly uh, built in china and uh, i've seen how technology is changing their their work life and basically i i went from you know the the engineers Mm. and the officers to the ratings and they ask them all about how it's affecting them mm-hmm. and without any exception i think it was just one one person that she that and it's a female that mm-hmm. told me no i have no problem i you know but most of them and and
1: it's because she was young
3: yeah, absolutely. Yes. I remember I you mentioned you that because yeah. she was
1: very, yeah. young. and then technology. You know, young people. I still them; they're very young thing. No, really. Yeah, no, actually,
3: actually, one of because I asked her, like, yeah. why, like, just your colleague that he is working with you on a daily mm. uh, daily basis. He feels that he is very stressed. He can't k- cope with all of this because yeah. he has to to learn. And I will tell you why he, they are stressed uh, later on. Mm. But I said to her, there is any reason mm. <laughs> like why you are the exception, basically. <laughs> but she said, she doesn't know, but uh, maybe, maybe, she said, maybe because she grew up with technology yes. around even if all of her colleagues to be honest they, they were young but this is the explanation yeah. so my, my um, I assumed yeah. that maybe it was about the fact that she it's just natural for her to, to, to have all of this she was first first uh, officer okay. at this, uh, in this uh, ship and uh, But the others, basically, they told me the cause, I mean, in a, in a summary, because mm-hmm. the report, you, you, you will see it uh, next week, it's a really very detailed report. But in summary, most of them, they are stressed because they are not well trained mm-hmm. to deal with all of those technologies. Ship owners, they move seafarers from one ship to another, and they give them the responsibility to learn by themselves. Those technologies, okay, to deal with those technologies, and most of this, th- those te- not most, basically everything, they don't have the training about them in the maritime academies. Knowing that, uh, you know, the the seafarers that I talk uh, with, they were Danish, and the uh, the ratings they were uh, they were from uh, from the Philippines so i i think the the lack of training the lack of uh, of the right skills it stress not only the person not only the seafarers, but also their colleagues because when they give you for instance the ship owner give you two weeks to learn everything you put also the pressure on your colleague to teach you (laughs) you know you keep asking colleagues to help you so it's it creates a lot of anxiety and stress. And uh, when I have been doing, uh, I've been because I, as I said, I sailed with them. They have also a lot of alarms.
1: Yeah, I, I would say this
3: that. is not possible. I think for seafarers is something normal, yeah, <laughs> but for me used
2: it's for me it <laughs> what I mean, it's what was like what? How, how they can do that? But yeah, and and Professor, I mean, you keep mentioning about ship owners. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just hoping that there's a ship owner listening um, to our podcast. So how can they be encouraged to take more an active role in promoting the well-being of these seafarers?
3: Yeah. Well, I think I think uh, ship owners, they have to take the responsibilities in terms of, uh, of training of seafarers mm-hmm. because the problem or the issue of seafarers also is that they don't have enough time to mm-hmm. get training mm-hmm. and then they don't have uh, finance, let's say. They don't have the resources because ship owners, they don't. I'm, I, I will not generalize. I'm pretty yes, sure there are exceptions so. and we are not here to generalize everything, mm-hmm. but just from the, you know the examples that I've yes. seen. I think I think um, you know to to, to bring resources, mm-hmm. to see first, to get trainings mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't talk about the other case studies because, but yeah, maybe we'll f- take all uh, the time.
1: is uh, <laughs> <laughs> already. We, we have we have I think we have uh, we have time for a couple more questions because we have not taken a break yet. So we'll take a break and then when you come back. Uh, then we oh. will then continue yeah, on
2: International Day on the International Day of, the, International Seafarer. Day of the Seafarer yes mm-hmm. uh, because
1: we have to do a little bit about that but we will be back in a few
0: The Connect, connecting people and we are back <laughs> 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 and you know
1: <laughs> and <Sorry>. you know Clement always <laughs> says that, he always says I make a joke <laughs> out of his break it's our break that we have to do <laughs> and a bit shocked and we're back, Professor. And then just to recap, the, the, the main point, and, and I'm, I'm loving the conversations. I, we are letting you speak because you are the expert on this. And we could have brought a seafarer in, but we just thought, let's just bring somebody who's going to give a general overview and some resources that seafarers that are listening to this uh, uh, podcast can go particularly to the WMU website, wmu.se, and then just uh, go down to the publications. Um, then you will find all these resources that they can read, can be empowered, and, and those things. But just to get back to what to what we're talking about, seafarers. The seafarers, the International Day of the Seafarer is on the 25th. Um, I don't want to date this show, but it's this coming weekend. Um the seafarers who are, who are at sea, the seafarers at home who are not getting contracts. I was saying during my presentation that I spoke to a seafarer from South Africa who was telling me that um it's very difficult for them to see themselves as seafarers because they keep getting two-month contract, three-month contract. they never gotten a longer contract. Oh, sure. They've got good training and those kind of things. But then the seafarers as well who are listening here today who are uh, having mental uh, health challenges um, what 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 can we say to them to 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 show them that we care I mean people yeah. like you care you really 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 mm. care um but what what is the message that we must send to them and what is uh, uh, to give them hope
3: well first uh, I would like to to say to them uh, congratulations for uh, for their day even mm. if it's uh, in few in few days uh, I think it's a it's a real uh, Right. It's a great um, attention yeah. okay, towards them and towards all the work that they are doing and that's maybe sometimes we are not really appreciative of what they are doing mm-hmm. knowing that without them nothing we can have nothing nothing Mm -hmm. here nothing here yes so thank you thank you for them this is the the most uh, important uh, thing and then of course uh, I I would like uh, to invite um, more people and more as we are in uh, in academia Mm. I would uh, like to invite uh, other researchers other you know uh, um, uh, colleagues Mm. to work on topics related to seafarers because sometimes of course depending on their experience. Yeah. But to bring also to their main topics
2: mm-hmm.
3: facts about seafarers, because everything is related to them mm-hmm. somehow. When we are talking about the architecture of of a ship, uh, when we are talking about safety, the security of the ship, I mean, we, we can talk about everything,
2: and sometimes we mm-hmm. we 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 forgot the seafarers. The
1: seafarers yes. mm.
2: So. On the actual day, I'm sure there's a lot of programs that are happening. Um, I also read there's an ITF Seafarers Expo that's happening in Manila and so forth. So what will you be doing on the day? Yeah, well, on the day, um,
3: we have we will be in the Philippines uh, together with other colleagues for the launch of, uh, of this uh, uh, report uh, about Transport 2040, impact of technology on seafarers, and that includes four case studies, four country reports because I okay. didn't mention the three others that uh, that I worked, but I will leave it to,
1: no, we to our... we can um, mention a little
3: bit. Like <laughs> little, 10, very, very yeah, quickly. Yeah. Well, um, one of the country profile uh, country reports that I said it's about techno stress. The second one, it's about the impact of um, alternative fuels mm. on seafarers. Mm-hmm. And okay. I choose the use of batteries, you uh. know, on ships and how seafarers they are, um, you know, basically feeling about it. Mm-hmm. So it's all related to mental health uh, and the safety of seafarers. The third one, it's ha- about how artificial intelligence and big data mm-hmm. might control seafarers, meaning might control their performance yeah. on ships in the future. Uh, how artificial intelligence might detect if the seafarer is, is, uh, has a fatigue or not, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not in in a in a good way. Not yes. because he, he has a you know he has a fatigue. He should rest. Mm-hmm. But maybe to um, uh, to take it from the other side,
0: mm-hmm. like
3: ah, uh, he, he is tired. Yeah. He is not producing yes, his yes, job yes, yes. right. Um, so I, I really invite um, all uh, our uh, stakeholders. Uh, st- stakeholders and yeah. guests uh, uh, to to read uh, our report. The last report. Is about um, the use of internet.
1: Oh yes, that was the most exciting <laughs> one because we, we spoke about it in class, um, and I think I think that one maybe we should leave it for people to read because yes. I think for it could be a little bit um, look it's a lot involved there, um, and 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 but I think it's a very important uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> part of. I, I was telling a colleague um, uh, the other day that you know internet is life is up there with air the air yeah. that we breathe if you don't have internet
0: yeah.
1: it's like our life stops yeah so imagine now you are isolated at sea uh you cannot talk to your family and then you are restricted on how you should use your internet but we don't want to be controversial now yeah. and i think it's a um, we'll let you uh present the report first and i think this also calls for another podcast to come and talk about this yeah, report. i would be very happy yes because <laughs> I think it's a, very, it's a very exciting report that is no, going I'm to change. No, I'm part of the, of the house. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clement, did you switch your mic off? Do you have something to say before we say goodbye? No. No, one more question. Okay, sure. Go ahead, sister. Sorry,
2: we know that IMO um, is stressing the importance of increasing diversity and inclusion um, of women in the maritime industry, um, particularly more uh, female seafarers. Um I feel as though a lot still needs to be done. And I just want to hear from you, Professor, how do you think we could um, encourage more seafarers, um, you know, female seafarers to be on board and yes. Well,
3: I think we we have to start uh, by saying that uh, there is is an issue in the maritime sector right now that uh, young people, they don't want to go at sea. Okay, female or male, it's the same thing. So I think we have to have like uh, strong policies and the, and the national strategies to invite young people to go to to the sea and then to focus on the on the fem- female but without any distinction. I think the best way is just to train young people, female and male, about what it is the sea, what it is to work at sea, and of course to also to to teach female that. it's just you know of course it's It's not I I can't say that it's a it's a normal (laughs) job (laughs) no (laughs) it's a very difficult job you know it needs courage and Mm. it needs a lot of sacrifice to be you know away from families and home and everything but I think um, I think the the solution is also coming from from countries you know national national strategies uh national maritime strategies in a whole and then the inclusion and then the the attractiveness of of uh, female yeah, yeah seafarers
1: okay um and and like i said i had I, i'm i'm looking forward to the next podcast already <laughs> <laughs> but Conflict professor thank you yes professor thank you so much for coming
3: thank you so um much. when
1: we sent the when we discussed it and we were like hmm, maybe we should get a seafarer and then like you know sane minds around me they said no we should get the professor ah, yeah, to give yeah. this very good win i think i think we achieved the objective of what this is about uh and uh, if there's a seafarer listening uh, to this or anybody else. The WMU website is WMU.SE, very easy to navigate. And then all these reports that the professor has been talking about are there, and then they're easy to look at and read and um goodbye thank,
2: thank you so much Professor. thank you i will reapply to wmu and i will choose mlp <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's all i have to
0: say thank
2: you so much for joining us thank you uh, very
3: much thank you i think we we reach our uh, like uh, double uh, goals today y- yes yeah <laughs> thank so you.
0: I, I want to join the rest of the team in um, thanking you for making it um, possible for us to have um, you around and um, that we don't take it for granted. Thank, thank you, you dear much. thank you
3: very yeah. much and you know uh, I will take the opportunity of this uh, podcast yeah. because I spend uh, like what uh, one month with you or yes. one month the last I get like attached to the to the class like <laughs> individually with the individual and I feel like very sad uh, uh. you know when we finish i said no you know this is this is the the bad thing at w m u when we really start to attach to, mm, then to, we go to home. people mm. then we, <laughs> we finish <laughs> so thank you very much for having me and uh, We wish to all seafarers really a smooth and uh, nice life, and uh, we we have to say to them that we love them.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
3: And from WMU, we really we really do. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Professor. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.
0: Connect. Connecting people.